rocking to the theme song. None of these were our theme song. <laughs> I can't remember our theme song. On that note, welcome to Garbage, the podcast where we link some trashy movies and some arty film, and we're here to say you can have fun with both. I'm Nick, as always, with me is uh, my co-host and partner, Aaron. <laughs> and I'm waiting for you to achieve a different tone on that sentence. <laughs> I was waiting like in vain. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Hi, Nick, how are you? I didn't project a sense of confidence and surety. <laughs> No, you were almost too sure. You were like, this is where I live. This one note is where I live. I am sticking to this one. (laughs) I like to see it sometimes. Simply the facts. And today we'll speak some facts. This is my perfect segue. About... (laughs) You have to have a talk about perfect. About uh, The Housemaid. Da-da-da. Yeah. So The Housemaid is uh, from 1960. It's a South Korean domestic horror thriller that was written, produced, and directed by Kim Ki-young. And apologies in advance, I will do my best with pronunciation, but uh, this is starring Kim Jun-kyu, Ju Young-nyo, Lee Yun-shim, and Um Eng-ran. And uh, this is one that I feel like, of the movies we've covered so far, probably less known than most of them, so I'll go heavy spoilers on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't, genuinely, if you haven't seen it, do go watch it, and then come right back. Yeah, it is well worth your time. Well, well, well worth your time. very much. So, with that in mind, you've been warned. Look out. Yes. Synopsis coming at you. Yeah. So we open on a scene of a composer, whose name is Kim Non-Sik, reading to his wife a newspaper story about a man falling in love with his maid. And they have a little, like, my wife, like, kind of comedy bit. Uh, And the story cuts to uh, that same family at a different time. Uh, Mrs. Kim is pregnant and too exhausted to keep working. So the husband hires a live-in housemaid uh, named Young Suk to help around the house as he has to be out of the house a lot for, for work. Uh, they have two kids too, so it's a it's a nice full household. Would the, you say it's a full house? Yeah. That was the alternate title for this. Did you know that? Full house. I also don't know the theme song for that one. Well, everywhere you look, everywhere. I just said I didn't know. That. Is this helping? I'm just saying nonsense to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's a very I'll just house. be slow. I'll be dropping in full house lyrics just to see if you notice throughout. I won't. That's uh, my guarantee to you. So as the title might make you think, uh, and the fact that I said it was a domestic horror thriller, Mm. the new housemaid starts behaving strangely. Uh, She catches some rats with her hands. Disgusting. Yep. Uh, She is spying on the composer and he is creeped out by it. Uh, Fair. Eventually she works to seduce him and becomes pregnant by him. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) so potent. Really? (laughs) That's what you meant, right? Uh, sure. (laughs) Uh, But this pregnancy shortly becomes household knowledge, and there is a great pain to keep the secret in the household, lest it gets out and everybody's careers involved gets ruined by societal pressure. Uh, The composer's wife has a brilliant plan to convince the housemaid to induce a miscarriage by falling down the stairs and landing on her stomach. 
after the incident, the housemaid doesn't get nicer, weirdly. She's Weirdly, that did not fix any yeah. problems. Uh, she starts becoming more and more erratic and very sick. Uh, surprisingly, surprising no one, I guess. She threatens to kill the composer's newborn son. Kind of an eye for an eye thing there going on. Sure. <laughs> but what she eventually does, she tricks the composer's son, whose name is Chang Soon, into believing that he has ingested poisoned water and it drives him into a panic where he falls down a flight of stairs to his death. Yep. Yeah. It's some fun stuff all around. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got lots to talk about this. Uh, but moving right along, instead of turning uh, her into the police, Mrs. Kim offers to support Myung Suk in order to keep her from losing her job. Uh, in return, Mrs. Kim offers Myung Suk Mr. Kim. She yeah. just says, you can have, have my husband. Have my husband. Take I'm... my husband. Please. <laughs> Shoes on the other foot now, you hacky 50s. How do you like it? Uh, <laughs> no one likes it, spoiler alert. Uh, I just love that she's just like, yeah, I'm done with this guy. This guy he sucks. He's not even, like, is he even in the room when they have that conversation? Like, I, he is, but they're not speaking to him. They're, he, like, bartering between each other. It's so transactional, and yeah. he's got a bit of a, like, caught uh, in the middle, uh, like, puppy dog, like, I, I well, whatever. We, is this happening? <laughs> Good. It's tense. It's tense. Great. Uh, so the composer moves upstairs, so the maid has, like, the upstairs, uh, where, like, the piano is, and there's a lot of hay made on her, uh, clearly not knowing how to play the piano, but trying to anyway. Mm-hmm. The composer moves upstairs, uh, and his wife labors over his sewing machine, falling asleep at work every day, so she is running herself ragged. Unable to stand their new arrangement, both the wife and daughter attempt to poison Myung Suk, but she is uh, too crafty. She outsmarts them. She's sneaky. Yep. And finally, Myung Suk persuades the composer to commit suicide with her by swallowing rat poison. He crawls downstairs and dies next to his wife, asking her to take good care of the children. Everybody kind of blames themselves for what happened. And then we get a harsh cut. (laughs) Which, if I have this right had to be added because everyone was like, what the fuck, Young? What are you doing? Make this end differently. Yep, we will talk about the problem. Originally, that's pretty much where it was going to end. It was just going to be credits and, like, everyone goes and throws up in the street from being upset, (laughs) I guess. Cries for a while. Uh, But the film ends, it cuts back to the very first scene, the prologue, where the composer is reading the the story about the maid falling in love with with the, the man of the house. The narrative of the film has apparently been told by the composer, who then warmly smiles and warns the audience, like, staring directly down camera, camera. (laughs) that he, this is just the sort of thing that could happen to anyone. If you're not careful... Like, it, like yeah. it was an hour and a half long PSA. Yeah, and then he just, like, laughs as though it's nothing, ha, 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 and, and the credits roll. And puts his pipe back in and yeah. goes back to reading the newspaper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very jarring. Yeah. Very jarring. Oh, man. But... That's the housemaid from yeah. uh, from 1960. It felt very psycho, adjacent to psycho to yeah. me. Psycho yeah, psycho parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Great coming out the same year. That's a good time. Yeah. So, so? <laughs> <laughs> even recounting it, I'm just kind of like <sighs> emotionally exhausted. Yeah, it's very like it's very tense to watch. All of it does conspire to be. It's a little playhouse of horror-y, mm. but effective. Oh yeah, like the worst thing I would say about it is that there's some melodrama in there, which is just like it's yeah. the '60s. That's You're fair. gonna have melodrama. Whatever, it's okay. It's gonna happen. It's spooky. Everyone's yeah. on edge. There are more foreboding shots of 
a staircase in this movie than any other movie I can think of. Yeah. Just check out staircase the whole time. You're staring at you like, someone's going to die because of this thing. Yeah. And then a couple people die. Because Several, of actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, the whole, ha- well, we'll get, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But yes, it's a very ominous staircase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the the conceit of them being the house is that like, oh, we're trying to bring in money to fix up the house. It's kind of like a yeah. fixer-upper and it's all falling apart and there are rats everywhere, but uh, it's home. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah. We're striving towards the dream. Home ownership. <laughs> Nothing has changed. All yeah. right. Oh boy, oh yep. boy. <laughs> so do you, do you have any fun facts or... I do. Just facts, I uh, suppose. Throw, yeah. Nothing is fun no, about this movie. No, there's not. <laughs> no one's having it. I mean, we're all having a good time. We're all laughing and watching, but none of us are having a good time. No, exactly. We're trying to laugh through the pain. So just some, some things about this movie. This is a huge, huge, huge movie for South Korea. Yes. Um, Massively famous movie. Yeah. Uh, it's considered one of the top three Korean films of all time by, like, local critics and... Sure. You know, the people who decide these things. Korean film historians. I didn't I couldn't get anybody on the phone, so I don't know who Did it's... you phone anybody? No, I didn't try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shock that one up to good journalism. Uh will probably surprise nobody who's seen both of these. This was the inspiration for Bong Jun Ho's Parasite. Yes. He cites Speaking that... of the staircases. Yeah, he, he cites it really openly, like even doing like matching shots and that kind of thing. Oh nice. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to rewatch. Yeah. If I were more prepared, I'd be able to be like, that scene with the stair... But like, <laughs> Once no, again, I saw... Oh, fabulous sh- journalism. <laughs> it's where you come for the hard-hitting stuff. I heard it on the internet. <laughs> Some guy told me in a podcast. <laughs> One thing that I thought was really cool, um, this is part of uh, Korean cinema's heyday, which was oh. from 1954 to 1970, where in that period, oh. they had over 2,000 films produced. I was going to ask why 1954, and then I was like... Duh, Aaron. The end of the Korean War. That's yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. Great. yeah. Sorry, go on. No, that's fine. So yeah, they had a good time in that period from uh, 54 to 70 where over 2,000 movies were, were coming out of uh, Korean cinema machine. Where before that, like literally all time up to 1954, about 250. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't have a sense of scale of yeah. like, but wow, that's crazy. Yeah. One, Kicked her off great. Like, yeah. Just now, oh, I guess this is kind of in the middle of that. Okay, so this is kind of halfway between like Korean cinema has like got its feet under it. Yeah. It's got a style. It's got a national consciousness. Because the stuff that was getting turned out right after the Korean War was all, not all, I shouldn't say. I know that I read specifically for Kim Ki Young, the way that he got started was uh, he was doing propaganda films for the U.S. government. <laughs> sure. And then they just let him keep the equipment. Oh, for the U.S. Okay. <laughs> oh, and they just, yeah, well, goddamn right they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You can have this. I honestly don't know if it's like they let him keep it or he just kind of like, I'm hanging on to these. He's <laughs> going to know. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I put in I my hope, time. I hope it's the latter, yeah. <laughs> okay. I am really, really interested in this, like weird boom that happens post-war where you have a war in your country and there's just this like people still keep doing the thing but there's no money yeah so they just make really interesting art as a result mother of invention and all that this feels like one of those things where like they probably didn't build a set they just went to an old house (laughs) (laughs) well it's a really i guess we'll we'll get more into that but it is very 
Like, it's, it doesn't feel clean ever. No, Obviously, there's, like, yeah, the, there's rats and the house is under construction or whatever. But even at the end when it's the house is supposed to be finished, hmm. like, it's it's done being built, it still feels like if you wiped your hand on the wall, it would come away grimy. Oh, yeah. You know, just well, not satisfying and sparkling. And there's only two locations, really, in this entire thing. Mm. There's, mm-hmm. there's the home and yep. there's the... The factory? factory slash music conservatory. Yeah, there's the like you know the live-in workers at the factory yeah. have like music club or or language club or whatever. So. Yeah, and they have their dorms there, and like yeah. that's the cleanest looking area, and you can tell it it's is. just yeah. regulations, and also it's lit really well. Yeah, they have lighting, <laughs> light bulbs. So Kim Kyung, do you have do you know was he like was he very prolific? He was. He turned out lots and lots and lots and lots of movies. Okay. He's this movie is like it's one of those big, you know, touchstone movies. But when you when you look him up, it isn't the movie that's listed as like his biggest movie. Uh, weirdly, it's one of those things. Oh, it's that, not. No, it's no. one of those things that like after the fact, it was like, oh, this influenced a lot of stuff. Uh, at least sure, to my sure. reading. So okay. sound off in the comments if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Let us know about Korean cinema. Yeah, because I would love to be corrected if if I'm. That just goes generally. Just <laughs> you just, love it. Just be nice about it, please. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it, it is funny how many things become, like, iconic after the fact. And yeah. I mean, most of our podcast is, like, stuff that sucked at the time, and then <laughs> we started enjoying it. And Not then, this, obviously, but... Yeah, like, this was well-received at the time. I think just the more the contributions to cinema as a mm. whole was, like, Jeez. down the line when, like, Bong Joon-ho starts doing stuff and other sure. South Korean cinemakers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the word I got stuck on. That's... Not wow, real. that's weird. <laughs> nope, but... It is now. Let's yeah. go with it. So some other fun stuff about this. Uh, this kind of surprised me until I read more about it and makes sense. This is part of a trilogy. What? This is the first of a trilogy. Pardon you? Uh, the trilogy is just the same plot line three times. <laughs> <laughs> Liked it so much the first time. <laughs> the, city, the, the movie's so nice they made it thrice. Uh, so how? <laughs> so Kim Ki-young released uh, Women on Fire. Uh, and Women on Fire 82, oh, my both uh, variations on this plot. Like, it's okay. a, a family that's having difficulties, invites a young housemaiden in, and then... Oh, he just straight up yeah. ripped his own He, he just remade off. his own movie two times, basically. Oh, okay. Uh, in 1971 and 82, respectively. So literally every 11 years, he's making one of these bad boys. All right. And there's been a few other other remakes more recently. Sure. Um, I do. I do know that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just... The, like you look at things that are like, there's no way there would be any connection from this to another movie. And like, oh no, it's part of a trilogy. Like, what the hell? Why? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Assuming the search for more money, like Kim Ki Young's thing is like, so. I just make the movies I want to see, which is yeah, you know, oh, that's bless. the classic reason to make a movie. Sure. So I mean, he liked this plot a lot. <laughs> I guess yeah, he had a good time on the first one. Oh, that's interesting. Was was this his like? I don't know what his, what you would consider his, like, most famous movie, or what people consider his most famous movie, did it also have to do with, like, scary woman? Yeah, <laughs> Was that it's, his thing? it's all femme fatale. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, and the you already mentioned this, but yeah, the prologue and epilogue were tacked on because <laughs> okay. the story as a whole was considered so extreme for the time. Like, yeah, I can it, see that. The subject is not extreme today. Like, it feels very like, oh yeah, it could happen to you. Like, it feels like classic 80s erotic thriller. We, we've, absolutely. Yeah. This is just like, this is fatal attraction. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like... 1960. Like, yeah, and in, in a, like, very, oh, I don't know, I don't know that repressed is the word, but, like, the country had just been occupied and yeah. under siege and in the middle of a war for so long, and just to be like, hey, you know what, everything does suck. <laughs> no, I don't want to <laughs> hear Let's put it on that. the big screen. <laughs> Silver screen. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a bit of a, like, okay, just give us time to breathe, dude, damn. Jeez, Jesus, yeah. You, well, you gave him six years. <laughs> That's fair. It's time. <laughs> the movie was done, and then everyone was like, oh, no. Oh, God. So they, they had saw to... the first couple of cuts, and were like, um... <laughs> but that's why they're all just in one room for the prologue and epilogue, because it oh, was like, great. oh, okay. let's stuff everyone back in this room. Just and get back in here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it definitely feels like reefer madnessy in that way, where it's like, yeah, it is exactly like, this could happen to you. Yeah, a cautionary tale. Yeah. And Outstanding. The la- the last little little fun fact you think before we get into our freeform discussion oh my is uh, Lee Yun Shim who plays the titular housemaid. Yes. Uh, she never worked again. I know this about her. Yeah. yeah, she was so reviled for this role that no one would put her on screen yeah. ever again because they were like, no. We hate her. Yeah, like, no one could separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Kind of, it was just like, oh, the woman who comes into households and gets pregnant. That and... homewrecker! Yeah. Which sucks because she's so good oh, in this. Oh, she's so good. She's like, fantastic. She doesn't show up until, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? At least, like yeah. And, like, up until then, it just feels like, oh, okay, we're just hanging out. You can no. say that for any act one. It's just, set, it's all set <laughs> I up. Guess. But it's a weirdly misdirected, like, act one sort of thing because the first person that he hires or not that he hires Mm. but that he takes into his home is a piano student who is the person who ends up referring Myunsuk to the household and And she's upset like she has a little crush on him and she's like I'm gonna go to his house and get piano lessons women are dying for this hot as hell composer I'm telling you (laughs) apparently literally dying there's yeah Uh, yeah the 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 course of that is there there's these two women in his music classes and one of them like sends a little love note to him and then he tells on her she gets expelled and thrown From out the of the factory. factory. I guess she goes home. Goes home and eventually commits suicide. Yeah, because he spurned her. Or yeah. whatever. and because that's he's... not even the that's the third most character <laughs> yeah. we see in this. Like, yeah, so trail she... of bodies behind this guy. Yeah, she ducks out early. The second woman takes the piano lessons, and the third woman is Myung Suk, who gets recommended by the piano student. Yeah, just just Man. this really weird. Like, I don't know if that's meant to be like, oh, look how many. Look how many strangers come into your life on a regular basis. Mm. Like, if that was part of the, you know, PSA of it. That feels like of I the time, know. you know? This I guess. Early 60s is going to be the, like, beware, the unknown. Yeah. yeah. Who has a key to your host? <laughs> yeah. Well, you've mentioned a lot of things that we should discuss later, so I'd love to... I have not been keeping track. I hope you have, because... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the only other note I took, because it's so funny, I already said the Chekhov staircase, it's just... Oh, it's everywhere, he got, yeah. 
if he had to spend any money on the the, the set whatsoever, that staircase really is the centerpiece. It's just yeah. wow, a creepy oh, staircase. Yeah. yeah, all the camera angles. I feel like the entire rest of the house was constructed so that they could film that staircase <laughs> from specific angles. Yeah, it's so good. Do you? Uh, you had mentioned I think before that you were. Like, we're, I should have mentioned this up top. Uh, I have the disclaimer every episode that I'm a full moron. Um, <laughs> we're just going to rubber stamp that That's the garbage yeah. guarantee. Full uh, moron. So, like, we know, so like, we watch South Korean movies, and that's probably how we know virtually anything that we do know about South Korea. That's probably fair. Did you, you mentioned that you had, like, done a little research on... Well, I sort of, like, circuitously, I ended up doing research because, and research is a very strong term. We Googled on our phones. Yeah, I was on my phone (laughs) while another movie was going. No. Um, I looked into, you know, I looked into this movie and, like, what is it about the staircase and the idea of, like, this, this housemaid, this class of person. Mm. And and so I, like, circuitously ended up doing related reading. Okay. Um, and the the thing that I really enjoy about it, and that does make it such a ringer for, for Parasite, or uh, the other way around, Parasite is such a ringer oh, for yeah. this. When you read this, you're like, oh, obviously. <laughs> is it is the, it's, it's such a funny, like, yeah, it's a femme fatale movie, but it's also this idea of this person of a lower class is in your house down there scurrying around with the rats like you don't know where she's been you don't know what she's up to it's while the you ultimate get... horror yeah it is it does sort of have that so the thing i ended up reading was that this was a very common thing to do because after the war which yeah i should have realized when that ended um <laughs> after the war the country was in such shambles like people from the country had to move to the cities to find work and so there was just this exodus of like young women Hmm. sent to live in the cities and to find work and and maybe you know support their families or just support themselves because you couldn't there was nothing else for you in the country where your family was and that kind of thing um and so this there was this huge class of like live in laborers or housekeepers or that kind of thing very common like they mm. would just have their own little societies at the factory or whatever where you take music classes and you have okay. sport class or whatever and so it does feel like a very a very you know societal worry movie yeah. where it's like hey all these people are here now they're in our cities now yeah the like peasants <laughs> they're coming for us yeah. for our men they're going to steal they're our men coming from our mediocre husbands <laughs> And so it just is this very, like, they're here and they're not going away. Yeah. It kind of has that overtone to it as well. Because, like, they so casually, Mrs. Kim drops the, like, maybe we should get a housemaid. And, like, you can barely afford to eat. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> the reason you're working, like, 22 hours a day while pregnant is because you have no money and you're yeah. trying to. But it's also this really fun juxtaposition well I say fun it's a juxtaposition I think it's fun it's so fun of they need the money for the house right they need to build this nice house with two floors or like two stories and they can't do it without the housemaid right but the the point of having the house is to not have to like live in these sort of dormitory dormitory places and like is to is to wall yourself off from you know that class of people but you can't do it without her and having the house and having to pay for the house is what get is what kind of 
punishes them later on because they have to feed the house. They have yeah. to feed the house money. And if they if he loses his job because he's gotten a student pregnant, should, I mean, yeah, he should. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But that's that's when they lose the house, and so it's just like, oh, the reason we had to get the housemaid is to afford the house, and now we have to keep the housemaid who sucks because we have to, like, otherwise we can't, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a very fun, like, you can't have it both ways, I'm sorry. And this is just, as you're rifling through the characters, I know we watched this and then finished up, and I was like, oh, Mrs. Kim did nothing wrong, is what I kind of stepped <laughs> away right. with. Okay. But uh, as you're describing it now, I'm like, no, no, she got she got hoodwinked by uh, classism and stuff. So, like, yeah, I'm totally. going on record as saying everybody in this movie is bad, except for the daughter. The daughter's cool. The daughter's pretty Cool. Yeah, the even the boy who dies, he sucks. I hate that kid. He knocks his sister's crutches out for yeah, like, like he, come on, dude. He is making fun of her. Uh, I is her, her disability lip. specified? I don't even remember. No, I don't think so. She just walks with crutches. Yeah, sure. yeah. Either way, yeah, he he sucks. He deserves it. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, strong take. <laughs> it's been 50, 60 years. It's cool. Uh, it's Time. been seventy. No, it's been fifty. No. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to cut this part out. Yeah, and we got to. Pretend like I don't have holes in my brain. Episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. Sorry. Go uh, home. Anyway, so yeah, that's my thing. I also, ooh, one thing. Yeah, I, would, yeah. I do enjoy the house does literally get built up over the course of the mm. movie. So this house they're moving into, the two-story place, the first time you see it, there's like barely, there's the outline of a staircase. You can barely tell where the walls even are supposed to be. There's like a Halloween surplus store creepy cobwebs on yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> and it's clearly like, you never see any workers working on the house. I don't know why that is. But I it, always, I took it as the reason they're also so tired all the time is that they're the ones doing the work, mm. is what I thought. Yeah. Okay, well, that would explain why the house just looks kind of bad at yeah. the end, but... Even when but, it's, quote, done, unquote, yeah. it's pretty Are dilapidated. Sure? <laughs> but, yeah, over the course of the movie, things get filled in, and, you know, maybe 40% of the way through, you're like, oh, this is a nice house. But then it just kind of keeps getting built up, and things get darker and more walled off, and it's just like they're being entombed in this house. It is so oppressive yeah. in there. Yeah, it's it's very overwhelmingly dark and it feels like yeah. there's dust in the air all the time and it's too cramped and like look at your prize everyone. <laughs> yeah, it feels Congrats. like as soon as yeah, they they spend like maybe second act or first and second act building everything up and then mm-hmm. by the third act they have just given up and it's yeah. just this falling into disrepair immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who has the time? Well, there there's your double metaphor. You got a friggin' house that you given you never see the outside of but you have to assume it looks pretty okay from the outside oh. and that it's disgusting and decrepit inside full of dead children like the family <laughs> full of, oh. <laughs> yep yeah anyway so i really liked it and yes there's that obvious like ah the the housemaid she made it upstairs like she conquered this family <laughs> and she made it up to the second level of yeah. the house and now she's looking down on all of them like everybody yeah, sleeps on the parasite. main floor except from young suk who sleeps upstairs with the piano where yeah. she with the nice, like, the floor-to-ceiling windows and the, yeah. <laughs> and at any moment of the day or night, uh, she will just go and bang on that piano. It's so funny. Just imagine, like, if you're forcing a cat to play the piano by just whacking its paws on there. Yeah, that's And what then make doing. it 2 a.m. and you got the cat pregnant. And that's, like, the <laughs> level of... <laughs> the housemaid! <laughs> so... I wouldn't describe this as a very up movie. It's not going to make you no. feel good. I do I do love that bit of that you're saying about like all the housemaids are like coming to the city and Kim Ki-young seeing this like what if I made everyone hate it? <laughs> 
What if this was the scariest thing that had <laughs> ever happened to us as a society? Yeah. I want to throw it to you to see what your big takeaways on this movie are, if if it's if it's beyond what you're discussing with me already. It's definitely related. It, it is yeah. just that idea of like the kind of subversion of the social order, where Ooh. someone who's like quote unquote obviously lesser hmm. is is suddenly confronting you like is right there is in your home all the time and you don't notice that because you've accepted that they're not going to try anything and then yeah. when you do when they do it turns out you have no way to defend against that <laughs> because you were just going off the idea that like no they know their place oh guess what what if they don't yeah like what do you do i feel like early on even the family is almost going out of its way to ignore young sook while she's mm -hmm. like cooking and it yeah. felt very odd to me but with that slotted piece that you're just saying yeah just well like you say there's they're yeah. just like oh let's just get a housemate it doesn't matter who it is to them just put a body there yeah. to clean up after us <laughs> just a barrier between us and housework yeah exactly yeah. yeah and just like oh what if that body was sentient <laughs> and hated you <laughs> yeah it had agency and yeah. hated you. <laughs> so yeah that's that's my take sweet real cool, like cool. oh upsy downsies of social order cool 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 what about you so, it's pretty extreme sociologically, is the word I came up with. Like, I don't okay. know if that's the exact word, but, like, for the 60s, this is this is a lot to take in, I feel like. I really liked how, uh, we talked about it already, but the one woman who writes the little love letter and gets, like, pulled out of the factory and eventually the suicide, yeah. that set, I was saying we don't know a lot about South Korean um, uh, <laughs> society in the 60s, but that was a great way to, like, even if you don't understand the era that these attitudes are coming from, this is what it works like. Right. Sure. Oh, okay. Yes. I was like, this feels very meandering, but actually that provides a lot of stakes of yeah. like just being embarrassed at work. You would rather kill yourself yeah. than live with that. Yeah. Dang. And okay. like you are presented with the abstract in the first 10 minutes and then the entire movie is just bringing the abstract close to home, which I thought was right. very good at making movie, Mr. Kim Ki-young. <laughs> well done, <laughs> sir. So yeah. I really enjoyed how the movie's looking at like the idea of the outside influence coming into the home. The, the thing coming into the home having their own agenda that the household is either fully against or indifferent to doesn't really even understand okay. that this is happening because yeah. they're not seeing it as oh this a house person. made as a person yeah <laughs> yeah uh but they're there they're exposing cracks that may already be in the foundation and using it to like i'm gonna shock the audience that's what i feel like kim ki-young is like i want to make this movie so that the audience <laughs> goes like shit oh, oh my god it absolutely <laughs> does feel like a like a thriller in yeah it's in that sense where you're the goal is to make the audience go like oh my god <laughs> yeah like and that's why i said Don't right me. at the gate like oh just it's the psycho thing again just yeah. the yeah. hitchcock like i'm gonna fuck them up about showers <laughs> in this <Yeah>. case <laughs> enjoy showering ever again idiots <laughs> There's no hint of it in the movie, I don't think. This is just me reading into it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the housemaid comes in, and it's not that she comes in and causes all of these problems. She just comes in and exacerbates problems that are waiting to happen. Sure. Yeah. No, I, th I think that's totally fair. I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a misread or, like, there's not that material there. I think it's just a... I do feel like maybe you would have to have lived through that specific time or, yeah. or have that sort of societal pressure on you. Of like, yeah, everyone has problems, but the main thing is to cover them up and <laughs> never let anyone yeah. know. And just like, what if you just 
you're you don't have the bandwidth to do it yeah like what thing are you gonna let drop first oh you're gonna let your husband sleep upstairs with this interloper that's the first thing step one cool we <laughs> expand this family that's the most disposable yeah. thing uh yeah that's totally fair so like even though there's some melodramatic aspects in here very up its time. Sure. I feel like it holds up really well for that reason because it makes yeah. it it presents the abstract idea and then shows you how it would play out. Like it's just yes, yeah. real effective. Still. And I don't, I didn't have that thing with melodrama that I sometimes do, where mm. you you think to yourself like, no one would really make this decision in real life. Yeah, they're very dramatic about it, but no one's ever making a decision that you're like, what? No. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's, that's a good stupid. distinction. I didn't think yeah. of that because they're acting melodramatically while acting yeah. realistically in the situation they're placed. Yeah, their decisions aren't melodramatic necessarily. Yeah. I like that. Thank Great. you for making my argument make more sense. <laughs> You're so welcome. That's what I'm here for. That's what co-hosts do. Yeah, so it, it does. It's very like the dread is there because you can see how it's going to play out. Yeah. And it's just watching it happen that's very tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on the whole, this movie's got that like... I hate this phrase, but it feels prophetic to me. Ooh. Yeah, that sucks. You hate that phrase. I hate that phrase. Okay. Uh, but it's something that, like like you were saying, here's something of the time that's mm-hmm. out in the world very contemporary, uh, coming into the home and upsetting the idea of the nuclear family, which is right. what I feel like a lot of 70s and 80s movies were just like, hey, what if we fucked with the idea of the nuclear family? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> what if nobody's happy? <laughs> What if we just said the thing out loud? So, like, in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it, it's almost like it's it's not that it's less thrillery to us, but it's very obvious mm. and very, like, ah, a tale about this thing we're all familiar with. Yeah, like you said, you can see where it's going, yeah. that, like, maybe contemporary audiences wouldn't see where it was going, and maybe. that's the extra draw, but, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, nice. I have no idea how to sum that up, but those are my feelings <laughs> on... Yep. The housemaid. The housemaid. I'm, I've been struggling so hard. I don't think I've said the handmaid once. You're going to. Which... I think it's just a countdown in this episode <laughs> until you say the handmaid. When I eventually say the handmaid, I mean the housemaid. Okay. Just get a sound bite of that and drop it every 10 seconds into... <laughs> the housemaid. <laughs> in that case, then, I think it's time for us to uh, program this with a double bill. Double bill time. As a double bill, I guess I should say. Complete with a uh, marquee title, which last week I definitely thought of one in advance. This week I did not. No. Oh, I thought you were going to say you thought of one for this episode and then forgot it. Nope. I didn't do either of those things, so (laughs) don't worry about it. Wonderful. (laughs) Lovely. Well, I would love you to go first. um, Okay. Because uh, you kind of gave us your big takeaway for it. Well, yeah. You than me, you than me. Okay. The old back and forth. You than me. <laughs> That's just called taking turns, but all right. <laughs> no, okay. I think it's called the old back and forth. Let's not say that many times. Um, here's my double bill. Okay. So, my big takeaway being the idea of kind of the upset of the natural social order and this thing that, like, oh, you're, you know, your social lessers are suddenly a threat to you. Th- these. Not intruders exactly, but mm. people that are normally in their place and are suddenly not in their place. Okay. And it's, you know, oh, you're suddenly on the playing field with them and you realize you have no defense against this. You're not used to having to defend yourself. I'm going to program this with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not unlike the housemaid in mood. 
I'm going to oh, say absolutely. they are two of the most dread-filled movies I've ever seen. And just dirty, grimy, grimy <laughs> movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yes, this idea please. of the threat of hostile takeover of a class of person mm. that you normally would look down on, you know, hillbillies, yeah. <laughs> I guess, and suddenly realizing, like, no, these are people and they have agency and also they fucking hate you personally. Yeah, because you call them hillbillies. And, yes. Yep. Turns out. Yeah. <laughs> so like Housemaid, what I've gathered is that Housemaid and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are both kind of, they're very seminal. They're a yeah. marker of kind of a new... A, a new phase of cinema in their respective countries, but also they're kind of a, you know, an instigator of a new social awareness and also a marker of it. Yeah. Like they, they maybe just gave voice to things that were happening at the time. So it just helped define those feelings. I can't say for sure. I was not alive in the sixties or the seventies. But you've kind of got this similar situation going on where Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper, very, like, very publicly has been like, this is about Vietnam. Mm. Um, American Army vets coming home en masse, oh. not much of a safety net. See, and, I, a full moron, didn't know that. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't flag it because I'm not American, but I, <laughs> I have read about it. And he's like, yeah, that's essentially, you know. Um, oh, I forget her name. The the final girl. The final girl. Yeah. yeah, her brother is. We you get the sense recently has been confined to a wheel wheelchair. Right. Yeah. And Vietnam, like that. That's <laughs> just like suddenly you. Everyone knew someone who had to use a wheelchair or was suddenly not able to use some of their limbs. Just yeah, like a very all of the sudden thing. Just even mentioning them like, oh yeah, and he can't really get into their house and he can't get away when yeah. there's chainsaw massacring. And... Yeah, this person is helpless now. Kind of a sidebar, but that that was the, the point in time that this movie was done for, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like both of them have this kind of reticence to like examine the reason for why this this is happening. You just have to tough it out. You just have <laughs> to take work for this person that that doesn't like you or like Yeah. It's not presenting an option. It's just like life's this way. Let's yeah. watch. D deal with it. <laughs> and like obviously South Korea was way the fuck worse off because most of their something like 3 million people died Ooh. and their cities were gone. But, you know, they have this sort of like dissociative almost civil response to like nope just keep going just keep making things as normal just keep Must the economy going society or whatever exactly yeah, yeah. you're just like no like you have to take some time to breathe and like rejig society and mm. they won't do it and so suddenly you have this sort of maligned sector of society and they're like no this sucks fuck that i'm gonna take what i want um and the only the only reason that i'm really going hard on that angle is because i didn't know this at the time of watching the movie but the the family leatherface used to be i don't know what their names are of the house leatherface yes house leatherface um used to be slaughterhouse operators and they were yeah. forced out of a job by industrialization and so now they make hamburgers out of people um 
So by kind of going out looking for victims there, they're sort of encroaching on this natural social order where like people who lose their jobs are just supposed to suck it up and find a new job. Yeah. Like, actually, no, we're just going to fight back. So that's that's what I'm going with is this thing of like, I'm I have no tools to defend myself against this type of person because I have just always assumed that they were no, they're not as good as me, and they're like you have a, or, a van full of like white teenagers in the seventies, like the least, the least vulnerable people in the world, and suddenly they're being picked off one by one, and this is sort of the not the origin necessarily of slashers, but this is the template. It's a right? big one, yeah. Yeah. To be like, no, you are vulnerable all the time, actually. And that's why we should take care of each other. But if we don't, here's what happens. Yeah, just because you act like these people don't exist doesn't mean they don't exist. Yeah, totally. By these people, I don't mean cannibals. I mean people who have lost their jobs. (laughs) Hey, cannibals exist, too. (laughs) We're talking about Army Hammer this week. Oh, no. (laughs) I give you my word. We will never talk about Army Hammer. That's the one and only reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. This, like, kind of dead end of, like, if you try and push these people to the side of society they're going to come for you oh yeah i like Um, that a lot here i was worried we weren't gonna after last week i was like oh we went really hard on my leftist scumbag views (laughs) like oh i'm worried that we're not gonna get it this week yes we will i'm bringing it thank you it's not even yeah i i feel like this isn't even so much a leftist scumbag thing for me because it it just is it's the classic like what if you were suddenly vulnerable? Just this classic horror thing of like, what if you suddenly were in a position where you had taken your safety for granted? Mm. And in The Housemaid, it's like social safety. Most of the time, she does try to kill them a lot. (laughs) But then in, you know, in if you go for like a road trip with your buddies, you're just supposed to enjoy the sweeping like American landscape. You're not supposed to get hunted into a crumbling house. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like just suddenly being vulnerable is very much the in a way you had not considered before that would be so foreign to you. And you know what I really like about this pair up is that obviously they invite the housemaiden in because mm. you know, I have to have a housemaid. And opening of Chainsaw Massacre, I will not remember any of their names, but no. like the youngest Leatherface, they invite him into their van. <laughs> oh, that's true. And yeah, they're the just brother. kind of like, <laughs> look at it. Look at this weirdo. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, no, look, yeah, look at it. Look at him. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I will I will close by saying that I'm not uh, ha- I'm under no impression that the Leatherface family is supposed to be like oh. the victims here. <laughs> I'm just I just want to throw that out there like they are obviously monsters, um, but it's it's just a funny vision of what if people you thought weren't per- powerful enough to hurt you suddenly hurt you. Yeah, suddenly Sweet. could hurt you. Yep. So... <laughs> Oh, I do have one more thing as well. The idea that, like, so they, uh, Sally escapes at some point, right? Yeah. Um, From the Leatherface house. And she goes back to that gas station or whatever, and he's in on it. Yeah. Or he's part of the family or something. He's the dad, right? Oh, maybe. Anyway, yeah. He won't help her. And the housemaid has this element of, like, we could go to the cops, but that would put put us in more danger. Like, that that would be shooting ourselves in the foot and so just everywhere you turn to for help like the societal structure that you're used to relying on you're fucked it's not there it's not there for you it's not built to help you it's this thing that's like it feels like it's just out of reach that would be helpful but every time you reach for it you're like oh i shouldn't do that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah anyway that's my final final thought very good i was gonna ask if you uh while you were bringing that up there if you had any any name for your your little double bill I'm going to call it 
Stranger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic for a reason. Thank you. <laughs> and do you do you start off with Chainsaw Massacre to experience the visceral horror and then go to the societal horror that was made? I, or oh, maybe. I'm I'm such a fan of programming the art film first and the trash film later. You love your Midnight Madness style. I love my Midnight things. Madness, yeah. but like I I feel like it is. Yes, no, I'm going Texas Chainsaw Massacre first. It's all out in the open, except for that very upsetting half hour or whatever it is where she's just at their kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And then go to the housemaid where the walls just slowly <laughs> close in on you. So you just become more and more like compressed and beaten down as the the double bill goes on. Sweet. That's where I'm going with it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I will say Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the only movies that I've like almost turned off. Because I was like, I don't, if it's going to get worse from here, I'll be okay. I'll be okay if it can, if it just gets like 10% worse, I can handle that. Oh, it got 10% worse. Okay, just another 10%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, oh. Absolutely. Still very, very effective. I feel like you're much more courageous for those things. And it mm. took you being like, we should watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, okay. That sounds great, honey. <laughs> Weeping openly. Because in addition to being full moron, full coward also. Oh, same, same. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank it's you. Really yeah. Thank you. Handing it over. What's yours? Mine is, uh, I will just come out right out to say that mine is an attempt to alleviate some of the crushing <laughs> terror okay. you will feel uh, from the housemaid. All right, uh, right. So we're taking the idea of the domestic horror thriller. This is something that's like real and in the news and happening in your very home. In your cities. Do you know where your teens are? But that's starting out as, like, the abstract thing that we're making real, like, affecting the family at home. The big takeaway for me was dealing with the nuclear family disruption and showing, like, it's not all the outward-facing smiles that we pretend it is. All that stuff from the 60s. Classics. Uh, And if nothing else, you're the one actively inviting the terror and horror into your home. Uh, that you're like the active agency. It's not something that's forced upon you. It's something that you decided upon. And there's some hubris element to it. Like, look yeah. what you did. Yeah. Okay. Like, what have you wrought? Yeah. Uh, Ooh, you don't get to rot things I, very often. Any opportunity to rot something. <laughs> I'm conjugating that wrong. I'm yeah, sure. please let us know what the, <laughs> the like, subjunctive of rot is. The past perfect. All right. Uh, the, the outside force comes in to take advantage of you and truly could not care less about you. It is just there to kind of exploit and, like, harvest. Uh, And it's easy to see in hindsight that it highlights the changes that society is going through. So I, of course, am uh, speaking about 1979's Real Life from Albert Brooks. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Albert Brooks is a monster! In this movie, he he is is a monster. Uh, oh my god please talk about real life I recommend anybody watch this this is I am like pretty I'm a big fan of Albert Brooks there's a couple times where I'm like yeah. ah, I could leave it whatever um, but real life I'm a huge fan of uh, this is written directed and starring Albert Brooks and it's got Charles Grodin in there so you know it's gonna be a good yes, time yes yes um, and it's a parody of uh, reality TV at large but this is before reality TV was reality TV yeah this is specifically a parody of a TV special called An American Family from 1973. Right, right. Which was kind of like the template for in-home reality TV stuff. It was very like, what if we put cameras inside their home? Yeah, and like, it's a... Just crazy idea. And it was basically a like, let's look at the, the inner workings of an American family and how like, it's not all roses and... Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing that this... 2.5 children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Though they do have three children, I think. Or two? Yeah, doesn't look like Yeah. So this is, I like this a lot because this is the new horror reality TV <laughs> is coming into the world and putting the destruction of the nuclear family on display. Nice. And the entire, like, the family's struggle in real life is all about uh, Charles Grodin talking with Albert Brooks, who's like the, the reality TV producer, and... Charles Grodin is inviting them in to be like, yeah, we want you to like show our family we're we're all American, and the wife is just like, we shouldn't be doing I this. I don't want to do this. Yeah, like we don't want the world to see how we live. Like yeah. it's got that real. She can tell something's gonna go wrong. Oh yeah, like, yeah. and Charles Grodin is there trying to be like, hey son, want to go play catch in the backyard? And the son's like, what's wrong with you? Get out! <laughs> We've never done that in our lives. Who are you? Charles Grodin, perfectly cast for Oh, he's marvelous. He's just a seething ball of insecurity. <laughs> just the best. Oh, I want to watch real life again now. The, yeah. There's a big... There's so much hay made of the fear of airing the family laundry publicly. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of wanting to avoid any of Grodin is doing his bit like he is fighting it instead of be like no we're gonna show everybody that we're the best family in the friggin world like it's well they had to ah uh, do they the, the families had to audition to yeah. get to that point right so like you're the best family you won <laughs> the most i think they keep describing it as the most american family yeah, I wanna say. yeah 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 which this is like if you don't know albert brooks this is a great introduction to him i think yes it yeah was very low-key funny introduction yeah and it's shot like kind of mockumentary style of yeah it's the documentary of the making of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing yeah. so you're seeing albert brooks just like trying to produce the hell out of this uh... he's so convinced it's going to be like a smash and and it just he is not prepared at all and talking about like the housemaid never getting work again like people watch this movie uh, and the testers told albert brooks like you're not going to work after this because people really? will think that this is you the that character this is what you do because he just calls himself albert brooks That's famous true. hollywood producer in it <laughs> Yep. And yeah. he is a monumental piece of shit that it's oh, amazing. He's, the worst. he's so like I know his whole thing is like just that weaponized insecurity. Yeah. But he really he's very like this has to go well for me. Yeah. And he will absolutely like step over the bodies of the family to do it. And yeah, and he makes no he makes that very obvious. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. he is truly out just for himself at the expense of the nuclear family. Yeah. And he keeps doing like this is about truth and getting you know, this, this is about is a, showing people reality yeah. and a real family. And, and he keeps saying, like, this is about showing a real family, so we need to set up the shot like this, yeah. and you come out of the house, but do it better than last time. No, 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 time. walk normally. Yeah. A lot of that. Uh, and, like, the idea of the family seeing this this idea of, ooh, we could be on TV. Ooh, we could have a housemate. Like, yes, let's yeah. invite that in. Let's, let's bump ourselves up one level. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing that it will... Figuratively and literally destroyed their yep. whole lives. Yeah, it's good. Finger on the monkey's paw. Yeah. Just curls in. Curl in, yep. And one of those horrific walking cameras appears. What the fuck are those <laughs> the called? The Etnowers. The They uh. are so funny. Albert Brooks is like presenting these as like, this is the latest design. There's just the most advanced camera. There's like six in the world and we have four of them or something. <laughs> and it's just a man. It's just someone wearing what looks like a 1920s diving helmet. Yeah. And diving bell thing. So yeah. awkward and obvious, like just hulking. And everyone equipped so with one is like six foot five and yeah. like a hundred pounds. There's like these spider <laughs> they look like Slenderman. Yeah. yeah. 
funny. You know what they look like? Uh, oh. Speaking of trashy movies, uh, they look like if you've ever seen. Oh, what the hell is it called? This uh, is a great intro. Oh yeah, Roman, the 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 old sci-fi movie with oh, Roman. Uh, part oh. robot, part ape. Yeah, it's just a robot with a with a fucking um, space helmet on. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> The space helmet look looks like, like exactly the same to yeah. me. It's it cracks me up big time. It's and this time. is the, yeah, this is what's presented to the family as like the future. Like you'll never know they're there, and there's <laughs> like these people are hitting their own heads on the ceiling yeah. every time they walk. Like it is not subtle. And they're constantly moving. Like yeah. just don't don't look at it. Don't look directly at the camera. Like you can't. It's I impossible. Can't not this man of made of spider legs is scuttling <laughs> around our house. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's. That's what I want to pair with housemaid, and in case it's not obvious, to dispel it, you got to do housemaid first, and then real life, yes. just to be like, oh, this was the horror of the '60s, and here's the horror of the late '70s. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Oh, ah, yeah. what a good pairing. Thank you for bringing that memory back into my life. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Aww. Everyone, go watch Real Life. I don't watch it. Please now. do. Please yeah. do. Just treat yourself to some Albert Brooks. Yeah. Some of, maybe like two of my most favorite line deliveries in the world are in that movie. Popcorn balls. Popcorn balls. That was fun. Uh, As always, we recommend all these movies. Yes. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the caveat of, if you're a coward like me. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, It's in the name. You know what you're getting. You don't need a disclaimer. It's all there. Um, So what are you going to call your double bill? I thought of this in the moment because I feel Mm -hmm. like it perfectly sums it up. It's, this is burning the house down. Oh, yes. You can't see it, but I'm fist pumping right now. Mm, mm, mm. Nice. Yes. Nice. Okay. I won't lie. I thought of real life as we were watching The Housemaid. Are you? Because I'm. Are you unwell? I can't face the horror right now. I was like, you know what would dispel this? You know it would be funny. <laughs> That's fair. You want out. You do want out of that house yeah. at every moment. That's yep. fair. All right. <laughs> I like both of those very yeah. much. I, I like that they're both very different flavors. Yes. Yeah. yeah usually we end up roughly in, in the, the same, same ballpark. But, yeah. Yeah. But you got your your indie trashy horror movie, and you got your just like here's a comedy we're gonna churn out in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any closing thoughts on Housemaid? Recommend totally yeah. see where Parasite got it. If you have the opportunity to watch like black and white thrillers, go for it. Yeah. Love a good black and white thriller. Yeah, I I like it a lot. Um, the house is filthy. <laughs> Clean your house. This is a reminder to just like just take one of those laundry, you know, the the things that the, go in the dryer, the dryer, dryer sheets. sheets. Yeah. Just wipe your baseboards. Yeah. I recommend it. It's very it's very cathartic, uh, and you'll feel better. Just clean some part of your house today. You know what they needed for that housemaid? Another housemaid. <laughs> I need a housemaid to follow around this other housemaid and clean up all the rat bodies. <laughs> And somehow and she'll get her pregnant. That, yeah. Just all questions. There's... She's just all over the place. <laughs> God bless her. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Any, any yeah, I just thoughts? like, honestly, I, I've said it like six times at this point, but if you like Psycho, this is yes. so in the same ballpark. Just yeah. if you like Psycho. <laughs> this is about one of the most revered movies of all time. If you're one of those weirdos who likes the best movie ever made in the 60s. <laughs> and this is how you can tell that we we never went to film school or anything like that. We're oh, just yeah, like, yeah. have you heard of this movie, Psycho? A little movie. <laughs> Music by Bernard Herrmann. Wonderful. Yep. Great shit. Well, uh, 
you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at GartbagePod. That's G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E-Pod. And let us know what you'd uh, pair up with this bad boy. Or if you're checking this out for the first time, please let us know what you think. Uh, yeah, definitely watch it. Yeah, yeah, because we need more people to talk about The housemaid with. I know. Yeah. I want to yell about The housemaid. Yeah. It's so good. Got that problem where like we're learning about a thing that everybody else knows about. Yeah. So everyone's done talking about it, but we're just starting. <laughs> just running around like, you guys, have you heard of Korean movies? <laughs> but yeah, hope to see you online. <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. I was like, I'm right here, Aaron. I'm just getting up like, hi. <laughs> I'm done now. Uh, speaking of Aaron, where can they find you on <laughs> social media, Aaron? I'm confused and scared. <laughs> you can find me at Macklebase on Twitter. M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. Wonderful. Done speaking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. we're, Inflections. We're, we're bookmark, uh, bookending this where uh, you had trouble with my tone off the top and I didn't know <laughs> if you were finished your sentence there. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R-N-A-V-I-S. I will warn you, it's mostly environmental stuff there, though, with some movies. Heads up for the faint of heart, I guess. Well, if you're Pictures coming there for movies. Trees. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Gotta warn the people. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Respect the fans. All right. And they'll respect you. <laughs> respect us. <laughs> okay. I hope you'll join us next time for another pile of garbage. Bye.